0: Let's welcome Kaylee to the front as she preaches sermon tonight. Thank you, guys. How's everyone doing today? Good. It's good to see you all. There's a lot of you here today. Super cool. Big crowd, that's okay. Um, So it's a privilege to get to share God's word with you guys tonight. Um, If you've been with us for the past several weeks, then you will know that we're in a teaching series called Planted, where we are learning about the different kinds of spiritual disciplines that are necessary for a Christian's deep spiritual growth. And the series' big idea is this. The believer must plant themselves in consistent fellowship with God, and they will bear the fruit of the Spirit. Tonight we will be looking at the spiritual discipline of disciple making. Let's start off by looking at what the definition of what a disciple is. The standard definition of a disciple is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. It is a follower or a learner. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else. Applied to Jesus, a disciple is someone who learns from him to live like him. Someone who becomes because of God's awakening grace conforms his or her words and ways to the words and ways of Jesus. So a disciple is a follower, someone who looks to someone else and follows their example. A disciple is a learner or student, someone who is trying to learn the ways of another person. It is someone who is actively becoming more like the person that they are learning from. A disciple conforms the way he or she thinks, speaks and acts to the person um, that they're following. And tonight we're going to be looking at the two key parts of discipleship, what it means to be discipled and what it means to make disciples. When we look at Jesus' model for discipleship, we see that Jesus' followers first had to be discipled by Jesus before they could then go and make disciples themselves. And just like Jesus' disciples, we today first have to be discipled before we can disciple others. We will be looking to Matthew chapter 28 to see what the word teaches about what is expected of a disciple of Jesus. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 will be our main text. However, we will be looking at all four of the gospels to get a fuller picture of discipleship. Before we jump in, let's start with some context. So in this in this chapter of Matthew, we're going to be reading about Sorry. In this chapter of Matthew, we read about the resurrection of Jesus. From reading the Gospels, we know that after Jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected from the dead, that he appears to his disciples on several occasions over a period of 40 days. In this account that we're about to read, Jesus is meeting with his disciples to give them instructions on their role, duty, and responsibility as Jesus is soon going to depart and go back um, into heaven. Please stand. And turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20, as Eliana comes up to read the word. Let's clap for Eliana. <laughs> yeah. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw them, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Ellie. Let's give it up for Ellie. Woo! This is the word of the Lord. You guys may be seated. So this section of scripture is known as the Great Commission. The definition of commission is an instruction, command, or duty given to a person or people group. This is what Jesus is doing to his 12 disciples in this passage. He is commissioning them to, by giving them instructions on their duty and responsibilities after he is gone. So in verse 16, we read that Jesus meets His disciple in the city of Galilee on a mountain, and when they saw the resurrected Christ, they fell down and worshiped him. Then Jesus says, says to them, "All authority has been given to me on earth, on, in heaven and on earth." So why does Jesus start off by saying this? From the text we see that it is because what he is about to say flows out of this statement. The instructions and command Jesus is about to give his disciples has to first be understood in light of the authority Jesus has been given. David Guzik says this Because Jesus has authority, we are therefore commanded to go. It is his authority that sends us, his authority that guides us, and his authority that empowers us. So, what are the disciples commanded to go and do? let's look at all four of the Gospels to see what Jesus is commissioning and instructing his disciples to do. As I was reading about these four accounts of the Great Commission, I found some insight from Jamison Stewart. He says, each Gospel account records the Great Commission a little bit differently. All of them are correct. They just include different details that fit with the themes of each book. So as we read each Gospel it is written to a specific, well, notice that it's written to a specific audience. The authors intentionally tailor their accounts to empathize. I can never say the word empathize. Em- emphys- okay, someone help me. Emphasize. Emphasize. Thanks, guys. So the authors intentionally tailor their accounts to emphasize what it is that they want to communicate to their audience. The gospel of Matthew emphasizes Jesus's role as king, as the king of his kingdom and also as a teacher. While Mark focuses on the activity and power of Jesus, Luke shows the Lord's Concern for all people and demonstrates the need all people have for forgiveness. While John provides evidence for the deity of Jesus and shows what believing really means. So now that we know briefly why the accounts are slightly different, let's look at each of them. In Matthew 19 through 20, Jesus says to his disciples, Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of age. In Mark 16, he says to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned." Luke's account says, he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. You are a witness of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. And finally, John's gospel says... And again Jesus said, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you." And with that he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." So as we read all of these accounts consecutively, we will notice that they have similarities and each bring needed clarification to exactly what Jesus is extru- is extru- is words, guys, is instructing his disciples to do. And this is the great commission. Jesus says, "Go. He says, I am sending you. He tells his disciples that they are his witnesses. That they are to make disciples of all nations. That they are to preach the gospel. He instructs them to teach others all that he has commanded them. And he tells them to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look further into each of these commands. Jesus says he is sending his disciples and tells them to go. In Mark 16, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And in Matthew 28, he says to make disciples of all nations. From these scriptures, we see that Jesus, Jesus is telling his disciples that the audience they are going to be reaching will be every people group, every nation, to the very ends of the earth. What Jesus, what Jesus is saying is that there is no one who is to be discluded. Jesus, Jesus desires that every person will hear the good news and come to repentance. Jesus also says that they are to be his witnesses. To bear witness simply means to show that something exists or is true. Jesus' Jesus's disciples are to bear witnesses of his life, death, and resurrection and to make the truth of the gospel known to the world. They are to preach the gospel, and the word gospel simply means good news. They are to preach the good news, to share the same message that Jesus preached while he was on earth. The good news they are to share is that the kingdom of God is here. That Jesus has won the victory over sin and death And that a person can repent of their sins, believe in what Jesus has done for them on the cross, and have complete forgiveness and eternal life in him. Jesus commanded them to baptize those who come to repentance and believe in Jesus. And then they are to teach them to obey everything Jesus has commanded. So now that we know what Jesus has commissioned his disciples to do, how are they supposed to do all of this? Jesus says in Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. And John 20, says, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. From scripture we see that, that, is, that it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that, is, that disciples were enabled to fulfill what Jesus had commanded them to do. Jesus had previously told his disciples while he was still with them that after he left to ascend into heaven that they would receive the Holy Spirit and that he would be their helper. In John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus said to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So it is through the Holy Spirit that abides within believers that one is given the power, authority, and ability to fulfill what Jesus has instructed. And so it is through the Holy Spirit that one is to go and make disciples. Again, Jesus said to them, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is how one was to make disciples by going into the world, preaching the good news, bearing witness of Jesus, baptizing new followers, and teaching them to obey Jesus' Jesus's commands, all through the power and enablement of the Holy Spirit. From Scripture, we see that making disciples is not merely converting a non believer into a believer. Discipleship is about doing life with another person, discipleship takes investment. We see this through how Jesus interacted with his disciples. Jesus ate and drank with his disciples. He traveled with them. He taught them and told them about the good news. Jesus bore witness to them of who God was and shared with them how much God loved them. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray to God. And he taught them about God's character as a loving and caring father. But most of all, Jesus was an example to them in his speech and in his conduct. In John 13, 14 through 15, Jesus says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus taught his examples with Sorry, Jesus taught his disciples with how he lived his life and expected them to follow his example. Now that we have looked at what scripture says about discipleship and how Jesus modeled that with his disciples, let's see what it means for us today. So, what is the goal of discipleship? The goal of discipleship is Christ likeness in character and behavior. Christ teaches that there are specific ways in which this change happens. In John thirteen thirty five, Jesus says, "By this all will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another." The purpose of discipleship is for a person to grow in becoming more like Christ in their words, actions, and behavior. Earlier I mentioned that there are two key parts of discipleship, to be discipled and to make disciples. Let's look at what it means for us today to actively be discipled. As a Christian, it is important that we have someone in our lives who is discipling us. For me personally, I have Taylor and Courtney who are people who are actively discipling me on a regular basis. Taylor and Courtney are both invested in helping me grow as a Christ follower. They are people that I can come to for counsel, people who I pray with, who I read God's word with, and who reminds me of truth. They are people I can look to who model what it means to truly follow Christ. Taylor and Courtney have both been following Jesus for many years and have some really deep foundational truths. And they share their wisdom and insight with me about what they have learned over the years. And through doing life together and learning from them, I am able to grow as a Christian. We each need someone in our lives who can pour into us and who will lead us towards Christ. When looking for someone who can disciple you, it is good to have someone who maybe is a little bit older than you, who has been a Christian longer, who has experience and wisdom that they can share with you. It is only when we are in a place of actively being discipled, of having people who are pouring into us, that we can then go and make disciples ourselves. So who are people in your life? So who are people in your life that you can disciple? What can that discipleship practically look like? As I was writing this sermon, I asked myself these questions, and this example came to my mind. I have a friend who was a Christian But from talking with her and having deeper conversations with her, she confided in me that she didn't have much of a relationship with God. So I began to disciple her by telling her about God's character. I told her how God was a good father who loves her and sees her and desires to have a close, personal, and intimate relationship with her. I began to do Bible studies with her and show her what scripture has to say about who God is and what it means to follow him. I started to make a habit of praying with her on a consistent basis. I shared with her my testimony of how God had freed me and delivered me of anxiety and of depression and of so, so much more. And most importantly, I tried to show her who Jesus was by how I lived my life. I tried to reflect God's character in my speech and in my conduct through the Holy Spirit that is within me. So through God's word, we know that we are called to go and make disciples. You can go to your schools, to your friends, to your family, to your community, and find people who you can disciple. We know that we are all called to be ministers of the gospel Romans 10, 14-17 says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord who has believed our message. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. We see that it's so important that that we are ambassadors of the gospel, that we're ministers of the gospel and you can do that to anyone, to the people at your school, to your friends, just sharing the good news about about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them on the cross because maybe they they don't understand, they don't, understand that, that it's an act of love, it's an act of grace, it's, it's from a father who is, is good and who sees them and knows them and wants good things for them. And maybe they don't know that, but you have that message, you know that message, you come on Wednesday nights, you've heard that message preached to you. God says that we're ambassadors of his word, that we are, we are commissioned to go doesn't need to be to Africa. We don't need to go on a missions trip. We can go to our school. We can go to our friends. We can go to our family. And we can tell them about who Jesus is. We could tell them about the character of God. We could tell them the good news that Jesus paid in full. Jesus paid in full for their sins. That they can have complete forgiveness in him. We are all witnesses to what Jesus has done in our lives. I am sure that some of you have a testimony of God's goodness. Ways he has impacted you and worked in you or your family's lives. And you can share that, again, you could share that with your friends or your family. Just like I shared with my friend. I didn't think I was going to share this, but I feel that too. So I my friend actually passed away in... Sorry. She passed away in December. And... <laughs> <It's okay>. I, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um. I'm crying in front of everyone. Um. It's actually really good news. My my friend that I told you guys about, she passed away in December. It's really tragic. It's really sad. But God used me to disciple her. (laughs) I didn't know that I was being used to disciple her until I'm writing this sermon. And I'm asking myself, who am I discipling? And the Holy Spirit showed me that, that I was used to disciple her. That she claimed to be a Christian but didn't have a relationship with God. She didn't know that God was a good father. She didn't know that God loved her. She didn't know that she could have a personal relationship with him. And I told her, I told her the good news. I told her, Jesus loves you. I told her that it is, it is not about works or a number that you get to. It is about Jesus loving you and dying on the cross for you. And I mean, I just told her what was on my heart. I shared with her what God has done in my life. I shared with her the impact that that God's had in my life. And I don't even know, but I just know that it makes such a difference. It makes more of a difference than we could ever know. Because I did not know that by discipling her that I can be secure and know that she's in heaven now. That she's with Jesus now. Because I got to disciple her. Because I got to pray with her. Because I got to do Bible studies with her. Because I got to watch her grow. I got to see her start to pray. I got to see her start to read the word on her own. I got to see her start to have her own testimonies. For her to come to have a relationship with Jesus. Not just say, profess with your mouth that you believe in God. But have true faith. To have a true relationship with God. There's a difference. And she had that. And I know that she's with him. And I know that she's with him. And that is such a big blessing. It's such a huge blessing. And you guys, I just encourage you guys, you guys all have the message of the gospel. You have the message of the gospel. There's a friend who needs to hear it. I promise you there is. And you don't know that they need to hear it, but the Holy Spirit knows and the Holy Spirit's within you. The Holy Spirit is within you. Be obedient to his leadings. You have a friend that you feel like you need to pray for? Pray for them. You have a friend that you feel like you should invite to a Bible study? To a Bible study with them. I mean, I was just, she's never done Bible study. I was just like, hey, let's, let's, she literally lives in Georgia. I'm like, let's FaceTime. Let's read Romans 8. That's my favorite chapter. Let's go. Like, let's talk about this. I don't necessarily know what it means, but we'll figure it out together. I mean, you start somewhere, guys. It's the hope, it's eternal life, it matters. It matters. The gospel matters. We can all be ambassadors of it. Okay. I'm going to go back to my (laughs) notes. I'm wrapping up. Um, Thanks, guys. We can all help teach each other to obey Jesus' commands. We can share the truth of God's word with others like I say in my notes, you can do a Bible study with a group of friends. You can, you can do it. You could do a reading plan, you know, the version Bible app, do a reading plan. I mean, that's what that's what I did with Emily too. I mean, you'd find any way that you can. Text them a scripture verse. Every morning. I did that. I would did that with her. I would just text her random scripture verses. There's so many different ways that, that you can you can do it. There's so many different ways that you can share the gospel. And as you do this, it is essential to remember this, that one of the most important things about discipleship is to show others how to follow Christ by your example, by your conduct, and how, by how you live your life. And, and that's what I did with Emily. I was very aware of, of what I was saying and how I was living, and I wanted to make sure that that my life reflected what I was preaching, what I was saying, that not only I was sharing the gospel with her through words, but I was sharing the gospel with her through how I lived my life. I think that's so important, guys. That's so underrated. We can tell everybody about Jesus, but if we're not reflecting Jesus with our lives, it doesn't mean anything. They're not gonna hear it. They're not gonna receive it. They need to see Jesus within you. They need to see Jesus through how you act, through how you behave They need to see Jesus by by a kind act. They need to see Jesus by a smile. They need to see Jesus by being selfless, by serving others. They need to see Jesus by how you live your life. And the only way we can live this out is through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We are enabled by the Holy Spirit that lives within us. He is our helper. He is the spirit of truth. He enables us, he gives us the power to be able to have the fruit of the spirit, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be gentle, to be humble, to be, I don't have it memorized. But to to, to reflect Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within us and he will speak through us to others. He will love others through us. If we let him, if we allow him, we can quench the Holy Spirit. We can, it's true. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to reflect Jesus through our lives? The Holy Spirit wants to disciple. The Holy Spirit wants us to be discipled and to disciple. We need people to pour into us. We need people like I have Taylor and Courtney, Andrew. I have have people in my life who I do Bible studies with, who I pray with, who who point me towards Jesus, who speak truth into my life. I need that so that I can take that and pour it into others. We need people who are pouring into us. We need people who are discipling us. We see that in the example with Jesus and his disciples. The disciples were with Jesus for many years. I can't remember how many, three, okay. They were with Jesus for three years being discipled by him, learning from him, learning his way, seeing how he lived. And then he was able. And then Jesus said to them, now go and make disciples. But they needed to learn Jesus' way. They needed to see, okay, this is what I'm showing people how to do. This is, how, this is what we're doing. Like they needed to see that from how Jesus lived his life. They needed to, to spend time with Jesus. They needed to be in community with Jesus. We need to be in community with Jesus. We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I feel like I'm going off on side tangent, but it's part of it. Because, because we, we do. We need to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And be filled by him. To then go and fill others. It says you'll know, I forgot what it says. But it says you'll know that you're my disciple if you love If you show others that you love them, if you're not loving others, then you're not Jesus' disciple. Jesus' disciple loves. Jesus is love. God is love. Got to love others. We have to love. And I know that, that Emily saw Jesus through me loving her. I loved her where she was at. I didn't love her because she knew scripture, knew how to pray, had a close relationship with Jesus. I loved Emily where she was at. To be honest, she was, she was drinking, she was smoking, she was doing all types of stuff. And I loved her where she was at, and I discipled her where she was at. And we have to do that. We can't judge people. We can't look at people and go, well, I'm not going to disciple you because you're not worth it. Like, that's, no. Jesus says love. Just love people where they're at. And... Okay, I want to leave you guys with this big idea. So, as Christians, it is important to actively be discipled and to make disciples. It's a big idea. Find someone to disciple you and disciple somebody else through the Holy Spirit that's within you. Pour into them, love them where they're at. All right, I'm going to let us go into our small groups. Um, you're dismissed.